0: Before we begin today's episode, we would like to thank our sponsors. Without them, this podcast would not be possible at all. Swanshaw. They are the finest purveyors of kitchen units and shopfronts alike in the UK. So, if you need a brand new kitchen or a new shopfront, consider visiting Swanshaw. You can find them on Instagram under the handle of at Swanshaw. Spill Digital. Are you currently in marketing mayhem? Need to give your marketing matrix a makeover? Is it all a bit of a mess? Look no further than the fabulous Chloe, founder and entrepreneur of Spill Digital. She'll make your mundane marketing magic again. You can find her on Instagram under at Spill Digital, or you can check out her website, spilldigital.co.uk. Now to today's episode Hello and welcome back to The Therapy Files I'm of course sat here with my dearest colleague Callum
1: Hi Craig How are you? I'm uh, doing alright, thank you,
0: how are you? I'm not too bad That's Good stuff. So, what's been happening
1: since we last recorded? I've been back at school as a school counsellor, doing my PhD mm-hmm. And you, my friend, are now with the big boys, aren't mm-hmm. you? Boys, big people Yeah Because well, uh, counselling is all good Big people.
0: I believe the phrase was, you now are a professional counselling trainee.
1: Yes, you are.
0: Yeah. So... God help the world. And I have, or I will have, by the time this episode finishes, have registered with the BACP. You will. So, definitely big steps here. I'm feeling privileged, actually, to be on the course.
1: Absolutely. How do you feel feel in terms of, like, uh, did you feel... um, is it scary, is it overwhelming, is it good, is it bad, is it a mixture of all those it's things? It's a mixture, yeah, a mixture yeah. of all those things. Especially when they threw
0: handbooks at you on the first day. <laughs> Four different handbooks, one for supervision, one for therapy, one for one for qualification and one for placement, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. A lot of information mm-hmm. to take in, a lot of information. But in general, um, I'm feeling okay. Good. And of course, those of you that know me will know that I didn't get onto this course first time round. I think I was quite angry at that point. Mm. And I think, looking back, did me some good Mm -hmm. not to
1: get on the course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It feels like it was uh, a year of growth for you, wasn't it, in more ways than one. And I think that opening up philosophically looking back, it probably was maybe the right
0: thing. It was needed, Mm -hmm. needed yeah
1: that's the interesting thing about you as well isn't it obviously i'm sure people know you've obviously got a degree you've got a master's you never actually academically or thingy, i don't like using this word, but you've never not passed or failed anything before have you so i think for the first time mm. with you it was quite a shocking experience i imagine.
0: yeah in in some ways i mean don't get me wrong i've had bad results on essays okay. yeah
1: yeah of course yeah. but
0: i've never outright been told no yeah. you are not ready mm-hmm. uh so that was quite a shock but this time i've feel that I had put the work in Mm -hmm. and in almost of a sense convinced them and ticked the right boxes Mm -hmm. so that I felt ready and prepared but having said that I put a year of personal therapy in yeah and a year of pd Mm -hmm. growth is important
1: yeah certainly
0: In more ways than
1: one, certainly is. Certainly is. But we, I, I suppose, like looking at it with me and you've worked a lot, haven't we, in terms of this podcast? And that's one way of using, you know, um, CPD. Oh. And oh. I suppose, like, like you said, in some regard, PD to, to, to work on, you know, to work on ourselves, our opinions, our assumptions. And yeah, it's it's good. And it's good. To, it's good that you've got on there. And um, it's quite strange for me hearing all this stuff because I remember my, my own time as a trainee and getting mm. on. Um, I was quite young when I got on, as you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, I know when we set
0: up this podcast, I was writing the the description, one's qualified and one's a trainee, Mm. but at that point I thought I would be a trainee. Mm. Well, now you are. Well, now I am, dear listener, now I am. Officially a trainee. And I'm here today, and I'm going to talk to Callum about tips and tricks for trainees. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear a little bit about your experiences Mm. of of, of how you survived that traineeship.
1: (laughs) Keyword being survive.
0: Yeah, of course. I'm wondering, to begin with, what was it that made you want to enter into counselling?
1: Um, so, I'm sure listeners will somewhat will be aware of it, some won't be. Um, obviously, in my teenage years and adolescence, um, kind of pre-adolescence while well, i so say 11, I experienced... Um, Quite a lot of difficulties, particularly in high school, and some outside of high school, but particularly in high school. There's a lot of trauma surrounding that. I was I was bullied quite badly, which I obviously I'm now doing my, my thesis on, I, I'm mm-hmm. not thinking about. And I had some counselling during that time. So some of it was good, some of it was really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, kind of, counselling a profession can be quite hit and miss, can't it? And I found it really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, what bits What bits did help? And. Uh, yeah i had kind of a thing of i was never i was never and i don't mean this isn't in a violin way or feeling sorry for myself but i was never i was never particularly good at anything outright i had talents and i was i was all right at certain things but there's nothing that i'd ever pursue into a career like Mm. i was never going to go and get a job in joinery i was never going to become a bricklayer or i was never become a scientist you know what i mean i just didn't have that kind of not brain but i I just i didn't have that capacity i don't think Mm. because of what i'd been through i was set back quite a lot in my development and uh I think I've used the term for you before. Like it felt like something had kind of gone wrong at the factory. Um, I really like that term. Uh, that every time you use it, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Particularly when you're a boy, um, you look different, you speak different, you start thinking that. Like, I guess that something's not quite right. Um, but therapy was a good outlet for me. For that, I thought, why don't I give that a go? It seemed like something I could do. Mm. So that's that's kind of the the initial sure. the initial um, process to start.
0: Yeah, it? sure. I'm wondering what did you
1: look for in a course to begin with and did it matter to you what kind of course you did if, if I'm brutally honest Craig no um and that's one thing I would say to trainees I was I don't know if this is a good thing or not I was very young when I got onto my master's I was only 21 um, that's not to say that people who are that age can't be therapists they, they certainly can and you know all experiences are valid um but I was quite young and inexperienced in what I was getting myself kind of into it was a brilliant experience. There was up very, you know, serious ups and downs, and as, as with any course that you do. Um, but I was very much... I'd just done a degree in criminology with counselling skills. I'd seen that, obviously, um, I'd, I'd liked what I'd done on the counselling course. I, I, still, I think the reason why I took counselling skills uh, was because I wasn't still quite sure if I wanted to be a therapist. I wasn't sure if I wanted... To, uh, ironically, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do something within the police. I don't know what I wanted to do in the police. I didn't want to be an officer, but I wanted to do something around in that. Dismantle uh, it. yeah. Yeah yes so let's not get too political on this one but yes dismantle them. uh dismantle it within from within um but but no um and after that i, I basically stopped finished the course past that did really well didn't think i'd do as well as i did in my degree and then i started looking i thought you know what i'll train and i'll become a therapist because mm-hmm. i'd already done my level two years ago as well yeah i thought i'll do it and uh, as happened the university were doing the course um, and because i'd already been a student there i got a discount on that for the masters that was a great incentive so I don't want to lie to any people listening to this. I didn't put a lot of thought into it. I just went for it. Okay.
0: I appreciate your congruence. Mm -hmm. It's really important that you own that. Uh, That's great. I also wanted to ask kind of, what do you feel resonates with you in terms of counselling? When when you hear the word counselling, what resonates with you?
1: (laughs) If if any, no, no, I'm laughing. I'm laughing just because I think, in terms of the term counselling, counselling, it 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 very much changed. You know, as as I'm 29 now, I started the course when I was 21. Um, So as you can imagine, I was very, very young. You know, Mm. um, and I think the key thing for counselling for me is my ability to enter somebody else's world as a passenger for a little Mm. while and be with them on a little journey and then hopefully lead them to a nice destination instead of a difficult one. Sure. Um, I think what the beauty of therapy is, and it's, it's not an unflawed thing, therapy absolutely does have its flaws, is its ability to not cure you, is its ability to help you or assist you in finding some form of closure. Now, what closure looks like, for the listeners here, I don't know. It's a very individual thing, but I know for many people who have accessed therapy, they feel more at peace with the trials and tribulations that they have gone through. So that's what I would say. Counselling for me is it's it's very. I, I almost my, my my job, as well as my training, I almost see it as quite ancient. You know, in terms of like, it's almost like the advisors of the king, isn't it? Or somebody who like a, a bard who goes around to different towns and sings songs or recites poetry or gives messages out. Mm. I see my job as quite ancient. I'll go somewhere or they'll come to me. Mm. We will talk. Like two humans do about philosophical stuff, about societal stuff, about emotional, mental health things, political politics, um, whatever is that client's bringing at the time, mm. historical trauma, and we will try and find a resolution. So I find my I find my job quite, I guess, quite primitive in some ways, primitive. but in a nice way, in a nice way. Hmm. Yeah. Quite ancient,
0: primitive, but
1: privileged. Yes. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Oh, yeah. Massively. It's amazing. make yeah. My job's amazing. Maybe "primitive" is not the right word. I want, no, I want to no. use the word "ancient." You know, I, ancient. Find, I find it quite. It takes you back. You know, it's yeah. back to basics. We're talking. We're sat around a campfire. Yeah. As Cathol would say.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. No doubt, Cathol will be listening to this. Hello, <laughs> Um For anybody thinking about counselling, what would you say to them to encourage them?
1: I would say that's to study yeah yeah of course um i mean i would say completely do it it's, it's it's incredible um and i'm not saying this to put anybody off what i'm going to say here but I, what my key thing would be is, as you've seen yourself make sure that you are ready emotionally because counseling not just practicing it but studying it because don't forget you have to put a lot of essays in there's a lot of um, i remember mm. my counseling skills i even had to pass exams i had to do re- listening exams and things like that yeah um It can bring up a lot of your own stuff, a lot of your own trauma and a lot of unprocessed trauma or trauma that you think you've dealt with Mm. and you haven't and it can make you quite poorly and there have been courses, one, obviously I won't name the university or or the thing that I know of where students have actually taken their own lives on because of of the level of revelation that's come out. Now obviously that won't just be to do with the counselor course. I don't mean that, I just mean that it can stir up things that can be quite difficult to come back from. Do you know what I mean? It's it's very important that you remember that we're not selling ice cream in counselling. And this is, by the way, I'm not saying that you can't sell ice cream and be stressed. Of course you can. Um, But counselling is a very deep philosophical thing that if you are not ready, can make you poorly, you know.
0: Almost like we're selling pieces of our souls.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a a theorist, and it it escapes me right now, but used to compare counselling to emotional prostitution.
0: I love that uh, Which
1: I always was found really fascinating because essentially we're selling emotional intimacy to people we're selling empathy we're selling acceptance we're selling honesty obviously quite interestingly I'm very pro-sex work so I always found that quite an interesting analogy to make and and not one that was all that untrue either I thought it was a really um, I think there certainly needs to be more written on it and uh, in part I definitely agree with them
0: coming to uh, an academic library near you soon an article by myself and (laughs) Callum regarding that exact topic um maybe we'll see um so choosing an approach Mm -hmm. understanding where you sit in that counseling world Mm -hmm. are there things students should look for when choosing an approach or do they necessarily have to know what approach they're going to take before they even do the course
1: um i think i think it's always useful to do studying into into approaches i was quite fortunate craig because i've done the counseling skills i'd already got a taster of different ones because what the counseling skills did is it opened you up to psychodynamic approaches it opened you up to um, CBT, opened you up to person-centered approaches and it also did solution focus as well Mm -hmm. so there was four components there i mean there's more than that obviously there's emdr and uh, assault therapy and you know all different kinds that we could could name transactional analysis as well which i'm a Mm -hmm. big fan of um but I'd had a good chunk of ones that I was interested in, mm-hmm. and by that, um, for me personally, Rogers' theory related to me the most. Now that's not to say that Rogers isn't without criticism; he certainly is. But I found that through that. I mean, I would I would recommend them to any trainees or or anybody considering any kind of career in to to do some research into it. Again, I'm not saying it's like you don't have to go down the loophole and you know make yourself ill or anything about it but mm. you know do, do do have a little bit of a look because they might be you might take a course when you money and then find that that approach doesn't actually resonate with you very much. do you know what i mean yeah
0: and I, I hear that you you are a person-centered therapist i am yes so yes are you happy to share with us what makes person-centered so special for you
1: yeah um i mean again like i said before it's not it's not an unflawed concept and i have been mm. pin- to my detriment, and to much of the person-centered approach, because I'm also very critical of person-centered therapists. Not all I say that. I say that um, individually, not plurally, to everybody. Because it's quite this thing of where they think they don't hold any power in the relationship, or that Rogers can't be critiqued by his theory. And there are a lot of issues with with person-centered therapy, and there are a lot of issues with how person-centered therapy is is run, uh, particularly how people use. I think I've told you, I'm currently doing an article about the abuse of congruence and how people use it to bully people. But in terms, in terms of myself. It resonates with me because I think I really enjoyed the fact that Rogers took things that were fundamentally broken and saw ways in which they could come back or realise the best versions of themselves, Um, to use i.e. the actualising tendency, I felt that very much related to my own process as somebody who was bullied, the idea that the environment that I was in was really poor because my school was closed down because um, unfortunately a student died there. It was a bad environment for me, a bad environment for a lot of people, but... For my own personal journey, I was still able to, like, use the example of the potato. I was able to grasp for light and find it elsewhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I obviously, of course, the core values as well. You know, the the, the idea of empathy, congruence, and unconditional positive regard. Mm. Um, offering that to somebody else in their time of need, I think, is very powerful.
0: I hmm. know. I'm also like particularly reminded of that Japanese concept, Kitsungi.
1: Oh, the gold pot. You know, mm. it's the
0: idea of. Yes, things may be broken. Yeah, but with the right approach, they can work again.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that being broken isn't always such a bad thing. No, it shows. I think. I think some they say is like cracks show great wisdom, and they show trials and tribulations and what you've been through. Mm.
0: I think if Rogers was alive today, I don't know whether he ever commented
1: on Kitsungi, but it strikes <laughs> me that he would like it. Yeah, certainly. Um, yes, well, it's a pretty ancient technique, so I imagine that they would yeah I imagine he would have been aware of it oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. probably
0: um, so what would you suggest to a student who was sort of how should I say if they had any worries what, what would you suggest in terms of like study skills or assignment work if they were worried about their
1: assignments what are your tips for assignments for, for, for counselling work, you mean? Yeah. Um, I think getting a good rounded view of what you're being asked. Um, obviously, checking, one thing I remember was drilled into me was always read your learning outcomes properly. And then what they meant by that was in between the lines as well of what's being asked. Because sometimes learning outcomes can be quite misleading. So it's like, make sure you've got the key... Thing. One thing that always helped me is that I'd always make an essay plan. Mm. Um, I found I, I, not everybody's the same, but I work really well off structure. So I like to know what's going where, how it's going and in, and what way it's going to be done. I, I, I yeah. see that as like the. The skeleton, like you, know, you imagine, the building. You've got the skeleton at the building, and then that's your skeleton. Then you build it around it, and then you've got you. Mm. Obviously, that won't work for everybody, but I found that for me, obviously as well. Make sure you have a good look at um, particular accounts and theories. One thing that was great for me, like obviously when I started to do my bullying, was I looked into theories about because my, my dissertation with my masters was on um, the impact of bullying on adult life.
0: Have I read that?
1: Yes, yes, you I have. Have. yeah, you have, yeah. Um, and I found a great book um, called "Bullying Scars" by um, a woman called Ellen Delara. Uh, which created a a notion called adult post-bullying syndrome which is a state we enter um, after being bullied well not everybody but many people do Uh, and that's when we often engage in destructive and difficult behaviours in adult life Uh uh, which obviously then pertains to my thesis stuff which is where it links into violence because a lot of people who have been bullied do go on to commit or be the reciprocants of violence mm-hmm. um, as we've seen with obviously we've done episodes on Columbine and Avon McRae and, and uh, Sandy Hook etc etc so mm-hmm. what my advice to everybody that would be have a good look into into what's out there you know if there's it's a particular assignment that's looking at a certain thing like I don't know take the person's approach see what's out there mm-hmm. see what people are saying what are they not saying who mm-hmm. disagrees with that person you know yeah, who agrees with that person you know make sure it's a well-rounded argument and the great thing about counselling it's criticality you know see it from all different perspectives
0: mm. yeah yeah and people obviously will have to go through personal therapy as a requirement
1: yes, yes would
0: you say it's uh,
1: 20 hours I believe isn't it? 20 hours yeah. it was when I was training is it still 20 hours it now? is, it yes. is still 20.
0: 10 in the first year 10 in yes. the second year yes,
1: yes Yeah. interestingly I only did mine in my first year did you yeah then it was it was like I mean you, you could chose to keep going but they were just like mm. if you get it done by then that's great
0: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and what would you advise students to look for in their own personal therapist? Because some people won't have had therapy
1: sure, before sure. coming to the
0: counselling. Yeah,
1: world. no, certainly. Um, I think the the problem, not with your question, the problem with looking for your own therapist is obviously like anything. You could they could tick all the boxes on counselling directory or however you found them, and you guys still won't mesh. Do you know what I mean? So it's quite a hard question to answer. I think the key thing to do is do look at their approaches, see if they're related to your course, because obviously if you're doing a first centered counselling course, they'll probably want you to do person-centered counselling. Mm. Um, that is still the case, isn't it? With your um, integrative approaches, is that what actually, you
0: guys do?
1: Actually, they, they've said it doesn't oh, Okay, so for, you guys, so, so for example, if you're doing what Craig's course is doing, integrative, that's quite interesting. You, you could actually do a, a whole spectrum of who you wanted to work with, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, so I think what I'd say is very bluntly, make sure... Very clearly that you're seeing the right therapist that the course wants you to see unless you're doing something like craig's doing and then you can obviously which i think is even better you can pick pick and choose um gives you more of a diversity doesn't it and then i think the key thing is to have an assessment with that counselor so usually you'll have to pay like a half cut price or some people do it for free um where you do an assessment with that counselor and then you can get an idea of them and if you would like to work with them or not. Mm. i would always recommend doing that because then you get a feel of their style you get a feel for them as a person and you can go from there. You might not gel with them. Uh, that doesn't mean they're a bad therapist either. That just might be that sometimes our personalities just don't mesh,
0: and that's you okay. Know? Yeah, of course, that's it is. okay. And I was more thinking around making sure they are
1: accredited by a body,
0: making sure they're not yeah. practicing illegally.
1: Yeah, of course. No, well, absolutely. I think. I mean, I think that's probably me being um, because I've been so subjected to kind of like cancer and psychology, psychology day and, and Cancer mm. directory. You have to basically show that you that it's on there. So yeah. I would always make sure they have um, a contract with their BACP number on there. Uh,
0: the UKCP
1: or oh, the UKCP. The, 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 the. <laughs> there are many government bodies, by the way. Yeah, um, they're just more likely to probably come across the BACP because because okay. it's so massive. But yeah, like yeah. Craig says, there is UK the UKCP. A, there's a bunch. There's absolutely loads. There of is. Them. Uh, make sure they've got their insurance as well. Their indemnity insurance as well.
0: The joys of indemnity yes, insurance.
1: Yes, yes, we all have to pay it.
0: I am in the middle of looking for quotes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I think that's the key thing, and um, yeah, just check. And if, if you do have any concerns, obviously do do contact the BACP about it. That's what they're there for. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If you are worried that somebody might be practicing illegally or um, untoward, you know, seeing people they shouldn't be, um, report that mm. because don't make you a snitch it means you're doing the right thing and probably saving someone's life mm. you know
0: would you say that counseling training offers surprises to those that enter
1: into it yeah yeah i'd certainly say in terms of emotional development because you will learn things about yourself that probably things that you thought you knew about yourself that, that are completely the opposite mm. Do you know what i mean like myself was I never thought going in there that I'd have empathy for people who bullied others. I did mm. by the end of it. Like it gave me a more rounded perspective on that. Mm. That of course doesn't excuse violent or difficult behaviour, but at the same time, we don't always know what's going on in other people's lives either. You know? yeah. It takes you out of your own world certainly. And I've always used the example that they—it's they, kind of like the army. They kind of break you to build you, rebuild you again. Mm. You know,
0: I think that's important really because it it helps you smash your stereotypes and your and your predetermined thinking
1: our assumptions isn't it yeah you know I think that's the the key thing is that we can never assume anything about anyone especially in the therapy room and you'll find that when you come to do your training in terms of like when you come to actually enter the counselling room for the first time is these are real people with real stories and real backgrounds and that we do not have the right as therapists to assume anything about anyone Mm. you know absolutely even if that story is similar to our own
0: yes and that's where sometimes you have to know is this your stuff mm-hmm. or is it theirs? That's right. And that's why you have supervision.
1: That's right. And that will relate as well to when you're doing things like PD, working with your colleagues. I always say this, don't expect to be best mates all your colleagues on your counselling course. Uh-uh. There's a lot of conflict.
0: So far, there hasn't been any. But having said that, we're only on week
1: of two. Of course. And that's, by the way, that's conflict's a good thing, by the way. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean that more in terms of like, when people's stuff, as you've just said, is in the room with one another... You are going to butt heads. You know what I mean. You're in a very, you're in a very, you're in a position. Don't forget as well, your colleagues and your assessors will be assessing you whether you're going to go through to be a therapist or not. You're going to butt heads with somebody because you're not going to always agree with them, even if that's the assessor. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You, you, yeah, definitely. Um, I very rarely meet many people who say they like their counselling <laughs> assessor. You know.
0: Yeah. So I suppose, really, the moral of the story is be prepared. For Mm self-exploration.
1: Absolutely. it might not be exploration that you like. Mm -hmm. People might, your assessor might say, or whoever, your PD, you know, thingy, your personal and therapist might open things up for you that you don't like, but you have to work on. You know?
0: I mean, one thing, I'm happy to share this, one thing my own personal therapist has made me realise is that I'm quite an angry person
1: Mm -hmm. in certain contexts.
0: Mm -hmm. And I don't like that about myself. Mm -hmm. Because I come across as the angry disabled person.
1: Yeah. You say, I think that's one of your key fears, isn't it, Craig? Or maybe fear's a strong word, but... Anxiety, maybe?
0: Anxiety, basically? Yeah.
1: Is, is that you don't want to fill that horrendous stereotype that's portrayed in society, that you are an angry disabled person, isn't it? Mm. You know? Because society perpetuates that a lot, doesn't it? It does, it
0: does. And even if I am, I have to recognise at this point Okay, I can be angry about some mm-hmm. things, and it is okay to be mm-hmm. angry as long as you work on it. Mm-hmm. As long as you take it to therapy and supervision, it's okay. It's not all of
1: you, it's just part of you. Definitely, definitely. And that's that's the key thing, I think, with counselling training, is that it's a huge part of you. Like, I, I always say, I'm a therapist, it encompasses a huge part of my personality and who I am, but it's not all of me. Mm. You know, I hope I never lose my job as a therapist, but if I did, that wouldn't be the end of Callum as we know it it'd be a big chunk of Callum gone I'd certainly grieve I'd certainly grieve it but it's not all I am you know, what I mean? no. and it, it, that can be difficult. I think I've said to you before, Craig, can, kind of, kind of, slightly off topic, but it is relevant. It can be quite interesting, and you'll probably find this as listeners as well. Can, it can affect your friendship sometimes because I think people think, oh, he's a therapist, or she's a therapist, or they're a therapist. Um, I can speak to them about anything, and it's like, no, we have. That's one thing I would say to you guys: make sure you always have your boundaries. Mm. You know, boundaries are so important. Yeah, in and out of your counselling training mm. and, and practice,
0: mm. learn your boundaries or take time to learn your friends' boundaries. Mm. So that you don't accidentally cross them.
1: Definitely. And you'll find this, you know, certain placements you go on. You know, we talk about counselling placement. Placements, I found, massively tried to push on my boundaries. They tried me to take on more clients than I was supposed to take on. Uh, They tried to push me into doing these extra things for them, um, which really, I'm not saying they were illegal, but they certainly weren't, I wouldn't call them great practice, Hmm. you know. But of course, then that, that becomes the issue of,
0: like, placement, you do it as a necessity. Yes. But... It's unpaid. Definitely. Is it not?
1: There's a huge financial cost to training, which is something we're all looking into and, and, and which we want to change. And it's okay if you're from, and I'm not digging anybody out here, but it's okay if you if you have money and if you're from a thing, I'm from a working class background. For me, it was very expensive and cost me a lot of money and time doing counselling. Mm. You know? Yeah,
0: I would say also the same in, in the sense of like, I knew these costs were coming. We were told. Mm-hmm. But until I actually had to pay them, mm-hmm. it felt like they weren't real. Mm-hmm. So they were a bit of a shock to the system. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's the key thing, especially right in these uncertain times. Well, Craig, I'd say to everybody is make sure you are in a stable enough place financially to be able to play this stuff because it's a lot. Mm. Um, and I'm just going to say it on here, it's it's despicable.
0: It is, yeah. and I hope we come to a profession of counselling going forwards when you and I are old and grey where, <laughs> where we find that actually there might be some reward and recognition for trainees definitely even if it's 10 pound an hour
1: definitely definitely yeah. I think that's the thing isn't it Craig it's a lot of time to give up for brilliant work don't get me wrong but mm. something that has no reward for you in terms of other than ticking a box and getting your hours
0: and that respect for that emotional labour that yeah. you
1: give for free definitely Definitely, and that's the thing as well. I wouldn't mind, but counseling jobs are quite hard to get as well, they're not easy, especially for something like particularly when I first qualified. I'm not putting anybody off here, by the way. You will get jobs. It can be quite hard to initially get your foot in the door because, understandably, everybody wants experienced therapists, of
0: course. Of course, and it's really hard to also
1: feel like you have to prove your worth at that point. Yes, I remember very naively putting all my hours I'd done, I think I put on my CV thinking it's quite adorable looking back and if I put something like over 300 hours completed and I remember sending it to one of my colleagues and they were like can take that off <laughs> it makes you look so inexperienced do you know what I mean this, this was years ago but yeah. I just smile at my naivety <laughs> do you know what I mean thinking oh. how, how how far I was which I was by the way but, you know, 300 hours for my you know at the time I qualified I was 26 You know, 300 hours for a 26 year old therapist is brilliant mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of things I was I had a long way to go you know yeah
0: I mean, I have a long way to go. I, I I'd even think about that, you know, that first hour. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that today at college. Did, did the tutors remember their first hour?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah, I remember Vividly. mine. Vividly, I remember mine. It was uh, balls of anxiety and uh, insecurity, but it went well actually. It was—I'd uh, call it perfectly imperfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it was—it went well. The client was great. They came back, but yeah.
0: And it's okay to know. I think perhaps. In your journey as a counselling therapist, as we were told today in college, you're going to go out there and you're not going to get it right. No. You're not going to get it right first time. And if you did, there's no point in training. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's okay to make that mistake. Mm -hmm. But remember to be kind to yourself. And remember how much effort and time you have put into this and realise that this is a vocation
1: yeah, rather course. than a, just a job of course and I think that's the thing is it, Craig your abilities as a therapist while it's extremely important you should always strive to be the best and most um, effective practitioner you can they're not a reflection on your worth as a person mm. you know and that's that's the, that's the key to remember if you don't pass something first time which it probably won't because it's hard to do remember that's alright take your time you know it will it will all click eventually mm. um, it's not an easy road I think a lot of people and I think we found this Craig particularly on my own courses that Many people joined, thinking it would be an easy road, and we had so many dropouts by the second yeah. year. Yeah. because I think people realise this isn't all part of my language, dear listener. But it isn't all shits and giggles. It's real. You know, I think for myself, I'm not saying I'm I'm perfect for this reason, but you know, I was 21. You know, mm. still so young. I was what, f- five years out of school. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I mean, looking back on it, I'm just kind of like, that's crazy. You know. Mm. So some courses only take people on over 25, don't they?
0: Of course. And, you know, for very good reasons. Yes. But, yeah, it's it's a journey nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody's journey is different. And if yours goes in a slightly different direction, don't worry. Mm -hmm definitely that's what i'm taking from what i was told that's the that's the key
1: that's the key thing to remember and i think also also that's not like a broken record but things like with risks you know do remain calm it's always it's always very anxiety provoking when we when we encounter risk uh, but make sure you seek the relevant authorities you know do go to your supervisor or if some people have a designated safeguarding lead at the placement and stuff like that so mm. ensure you seek them out as well make sure you use your tutors as well because that's what they're there for don't see them as the enemy you know, they're there for you to pick the brain, or they're there for you to go to if you're struggling emotionally as well. Because counselling's hard. You know, it's a hard, hard thing. It is. It you is. Know? When I was when I was a therapist, I was working, had a relationship, doing my masters. You know, it's a lot. Of, mm-hmm. It's a lot. I you know, the people, you know, at the time people like kids and stuff like that. But you know, for my own age, and I'm just talking about my own experience. It was a lot for a 21 year old to to withhold. Whilst you're also doing all this work on yourself and volunteering. You know.
0: Yeah, and I suppose you know if you're thinking about. Is there a point? Mm-hmm. Does it matter? Mm-hmm. Will I make a difference? Mm-hmm. I think the answer
1: is yes. You certainly will to someone.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't matter who it's to. You won't know who it's to mm-hmm. until they sit in front of you. Mm-hmm. But actually, whether you sit with that client for six sessions or for ten sessions, you contributed to that person's mm-hmm. journey. Definitely, And place. it feels a privilege
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It really is, and you'll you know any, if you solve Craig and anybody listening, um, you'll love it. It's not a, uh, as Queen would say, it's no bed of roses, though. <laughs> you know. I like uh, that. You know, it's Good uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's tough, but it's really rewarding. So mm. difficult roles lead to great destinations, and you'll be a better person because of it. Well, I think that's I think mean, that's the main thing I'd say to everybody as well. It's not about just being a therapist; it makes you a better person.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, it lets us see outside of ourselves. Mm and therefore becoming less
1: selfish yeah i suppose yeah yeah less um yeah, yeah that's a good way of looking at it less kind of focus to our own our own process you know like less mm. m- and more into other people's worlds you know i always use that example of um empathy is not standing at a hole looking down and going "Oh, that's really rubbish down there it's getting in the hole with them it is. And going oh yeah not really is shit down there mm, yeah. yeah
0: totally absolutely and um I think we can probably leave it there. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think if, um, if people want us to do another part on this and they don't have any more questions, maybe if you guys want to ask the questions to the therapy files and you know you want us to answer them, I'll happily do that. Um, we wanted to do this episode just really as a bit of an introduction and uh, just kind of cover things, not not briefly, but just certainly just kind of give them an introduction of what you could expect.
0: Yeah, and also to sort of mark that change that's happened within ourselves, I suppose. Particularly
1: for you, Craig, because your journey is now beginning, isn't it? It
0: is, it is.
1: I mean, I like to think it had begun before, but officially I can now say, yeah. The starting gun's gone off now, hasn't it? It it
0: well and truly. (laughs) Well and truly. And I would just say be prepared to think. (laughs) Yes. With an open mind as well.
1: And be prepared to be challenged. Yeah, absolutely. But enjoy every step of it because it will be over before you know it.
0: Absolutely. Right, folks, we will leave it there, but we will see you again next time.
1: Thanks, guys. With
0: stalking, is
1: it? <laughs> yeah, I think we're doing an episode on stalking, it looks like, doesn't it? Unless, unless it changes, we will let you know beforehand, but it seems like right now we're doing an episode on stalking. Indeed. Yes. I found a good article about that last night. got, actually. I've dug out my old uh, chronology stuff, so that should be fun. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks guys. Everybody. Bye. Bye.